the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Okay, so I'm going to start with a Mother's Day prayer that um, I just wrote that the Lord just gave me. And, uh, um, to all the mothers out there, this is for you. Dear Heavenly Father, you died on the cross for our sins which is the ultimate loving sacrifice. You've told us to give thanks in all things. This means both good and bad circumstances. The lessons we learn through our trials are to prepare us for our next assignment. We declare your promises, your protection, and your provision over our lives. Since this prayer is directed for mothers, Lord, I pray for a new vision, an understanding of the incredible honor and privilege it is to be mommy. You, Lord, being all-knowing, chose who will be our children and what their purpose in this life will be. You created moms. You told us to be fruitful and multiply. You also have given us direction to train up our children in the way they shall go with a promise that they will not depart from this. Lord Jesus, remove from us shame, unforgiveness, isolation, and any other lies from the devil. Fill us with your joy and grace. Let the joy of the Lord be our strength. Your grace is sufficient. Help us to trust in you with all our hearts to lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you, Daddy, and then you will direct our paths. Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you all the days of your life to give you a hope and a future. Lord, we have mommies in here who are tired, questioning how they are doing or what is going to come next. Embrace them with your Holy Spirit presence. Bring the right people to mentor in this very difficult time. It is no coincidence that mom upside down is wow. Help them feel the significance to the word mother, mommy, mom. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving us so much. Amen. I love that wow, you know, the W and you turn it upside down. It's an M and, you know, wow upside down is mom. And so the wow factor is moms were the wow factor. And just remember that there is so much that goes into being a mother, so much sacrifice that we give to our children and to everyone else that needs a piece, um, a part of what we have to offer. Just understand how important and significant you are in the situation. And uh, for that, just, you know, hallelujah, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And uh, we're going to move on now. So um, I asked my assistant, Cynthia, God bless her. She's so awesome. Um, I asked her to give me some poems. And so I want to read some of these poems to you because we're celebrating 
mom. Okay, we're celebrating mom and mommy and mother. My angel, my mom is an angel sent from above, handpicked by God to give us his love. She shines so bright, love from holy light. She makes the wrongs right, even at night. My mom is my angel. Oh, yes, she is. She's loved by me. She is loved by him. So special. Just touches my heart. I call her mom. Moms have a special place in our hearts forever. They guide us through the wildest journey and manage to keep themselves together. With the strength of a thousand men and through the power of God, a woman made a choice to keep me. I love her. I call her mom. And then the next one is mother, and it's an acronym. Okay, and so M, most beautiful. O, and optimistic person. T, there is. H, her strength is eternal given by him, are rejoice, hallelujah, and thank you, Jesus. So most beautiful and optimistic person there is. Her strength is eternal, given by him. Rejoice, hallelujah, and thank you, Jesus. Acronym for mother. I love that. God's creation. If it wasn't for God, we wouldn't exist. He made us all, and there's one thing he wouldn't miss. The qualities of a mother and all it takes to raise her children in his created place. He knew just what he was doing. Oh, yes, he did. For when he made women to care for kids, he gave her strength. He gave her patience. He gave her unconditional love. Oh, what a special creation. Thank you, God, for making mother so amazing. I'm especially thankful for mine and all she's done. Raising me, sorry. My mom's in heaven, so for all of you that still have your mothers here on this earth to share breath and share life with, please give them a special hug and a special thank you. And I know my mom, and maybe yours too, if she's in heaven, is looking down on us and just smiling on us. So just know that. A choice love. A poem for adoptive mothers. Now, this is very interesting for me because uh, I had no idea growing up that I had a half-sister. And I found out after my father died of cancer that there was a baby made that I was not aware of at all that is now, I know, and I've met and spent time with, a half-sister. And I also had a stepmom during um, during a, a few years. So with that, I have a new understanding and appreciation about what it feels like to be an adoptive child and what it takes the kind of mother's love it takes to give up a child because they feel like they cannot give that child all the love or support that that child needs. That takes a very special strength and a special love to give up a child. So for those of you that have done that, please don't beat yourself up over that. You did it, I'm sure, out of love. And God knows, listen, judgment is not ours to make. And God knows. So I just want to say that, um, Here's an, a, po- a poem for adoptive mothers. A woman made the choice to love me and then became my mother. Even though she didn't birth me, I couldn't pray for another. She took me under her angelic wing and raised me as her own. If it weren't for her, who knows where I'd be? A what if that will remain unknown. I owe it all to this amazing woman who, by the grace of God, took me in and taught me well. Adopted moms, I applaud. And that's another thing is is this half-sister was raised by another mother, and I've got to even talk to her. So it's really an amazing thing that I had no idea um, was an area in which I would be experiencing 
and not firsthand, but yet uh, close enough. And so to all those adoptive moms that, uh, for whatever reason, that you decided to take on a baby that biologically was not yours, I applaud you, and so does the Lord, and um, thank you for doing that. And there might be some of you moms out there or potential women who cannot uh, have a child of your own. There's so many children that need that mother's love, and maybe there's, uh, maybe you're, you're feeling that kind of inkling or uh, nudge. Um, it's a wonderful thing. So just do what you feel the Lord's leading you to do, and, and I know that when you do that and you listen to him, that, that there's, there's great joy and blessings in our obedience. So um, a mother's love. Listen, I'm going to talk to you for a second about mother's love from, from my perspective is, is for me, um, I have a 39-year-old son, Tyson, who you've heard on the radio advertising with me. And um, I wrote a book about our journey because he, at two years old, I found out he had chronic asthma. Asthma. I, as a child, uh, had asthma, and I know what it feels like firsthand to not be able to breathe. You don't think about breathing until you can't breathe. And uh, then you just feel like you're going to die. And I can remember myself having to get into a fetal position upside down, kind of like on my knees and my, my elbows was the only way I could actually find breath is to be in that kind of position. And I would rock myself because I was so tired and labored from not being able to breathe that it was the only thing that brought me comfort uh, when I was a young child. When I had my tonsils out at seven, they say there's no... Um, there's no reason why this is, but when I had my tonsils taken out, I actually, um, I didn't have asthma anymore. Now the doctors say there's no, there's no correlation between that and that. And I'm like, I don't know. All I know is the timing was, that's what the timing was. So it is what it is. And then there's my son who he still has asthma and he has to carry an inhaler with him all the time. And he kind of, he's got it to where he can keep it in check pretty much. Um, but you still have to be aware and it's something that is not going away for him. So we wrote a book about, uh, learning to breathe. It's a book available on the Sue free spelt like fries when we're.com. And if you would like a copy, we would love to, to give it to you. And, uh, you just have to connect with me on the Sue free site and I'll be happy to, uh, write a little something in the book, and I think it's fourteen ninety five. I'm not sure. If you go to the website, it'll tell you what the cost is. And it's probably there's a discount if you go through the website. Plus, you get it um, autographed by me if you want that. Anyway, um, the book is about the journey of learning about the triggers regarding asthma. And I have to say that this book has so much more in it than just asthma. It's the journey. It's the journey of. Uh, how we were together and the things that I went through to find out what triggers would cause his asthma and how I could minimize those triggers. As a mother, we want to protect our children. And obviously, if we could take the pain and the unhealthy away from a child, we would do it in a heartbeat because that's a mother's love. I'm sure there's fathers out there that they have the father's love and they would do the same thing. But we're talking about Mother's Day right now. So don't don't be offended, daddies. Um, This is for the mommies right now. And I just know that the sacrificial love from a mother um, because the baby comes from inside of us and because there's just this natural nurturing that comes that God gives a mother that um, it's just very special. And the sacrifice that a mom makes for her children, they will come first. Uh, it's just the way it is. And um, I just have to say from a personal standpoint, from a mother's love, 
is that my children, um, you know, we hurt when they hurt. We feel joy when they have joy. We want them to be happy. We want them to have the fullness of what God has for them. We want them to have the joy of the Lord be your strength. We want them to have that joy from the Lord. And we want the grace to be sufficient for them. We want we want them to understand God and who God is and who they are in Christ. It's our calling from a mother's love is that we want them to have the fullness. I wasn't raised with that. I wasn't raised with that understanding of God's word and the power behind Jesus' name. I wasn't raised with that. And so my heart and my being was, is that I wanted them to be a hundred steps ahead of me. And I wanted to have that from the very beginning. That's why we went to church every Sunday. And that's why we went to Awanas. And that's why I wanted the word to be internally in them so that they would understand his love. Because for so long, up until I was an adult and even beyond that, I didn't understand who I was. I was basing my who I was by what people told me. And maybe that's you too. Maybe that's what you've been through or maybe that's where you're at now. There was shame. There was a feeling of unworthiness in Sue's heart and mind and soul. And so I wasn't able to accept and receive God's love and the love of others. I was protected and isolated and felt shame. And maybe that's you too. And maybe there's children or people around you. And, you know, the Lord says to be fruitful and multiply. And it doesn't mean we actually have to have a baby. We can come alongside and be an adoptive parent. We can come side and just be that mom that they maybe don't have at home. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's your calling. What I'm saying is, is that I, I'm everybody's mother. Okay. I become everybody's mom from, from high school on. I was team mom. I was the mom in the classroom, the classroom mom. I wanted to be the mom. Why? Because I want a mother. I want to help. I want to inspire. I want to encourage. I want to build people up, not tear people down. We have enough of those people around us, don't we? We do. So if we can come alongside and we can encourage and and pull that person up when they fall down, we're called to do those things. We're called, no matter if you're a mom or a dad or a friend, we're called to be that servant and that steward to pull people up and bring them up to the full understanding of who God is and who they are in Christ. Took me so long to learn that. If you've just tuned in right now, I just want to say welcome. I want to say welcome to the Sue Free Show. Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word dot com. I'd love for you to go to my website. I want you to go there and I want you to experience all there is there for you. It is a labor of love. It is my sacrifice to you that you get what we're talking about here. And that if you are in the unforgiveness world, if you are, if there is somebody that has trespassed against you, we're called to forgive those people. And sometimes it's just the hardest thing in the world to forgive somebody that has hurt us. Believe me, I live it. I, I know, I know. But do you know that we can't trust our heart in this? We can, our heart is a, a gauge. It's a gauge to say, oh, I'm feeling something right now. And we have to ask ourselves exactly, put a word on that feeling. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this. This is not in my notes. This is not, there's no processing here of anything. This is totally from the Heavenly Father to you right now, from my mouth to your ears. And I have to tell you from personal experience There was a long time where I was just feeling so unworthy because of decisions I made or maybe decisions other people made that affected me, whether it was uh, 
being molested, raped. I could go on for, for a long more time. I don't need to, though. Okay? What I'm saying is those things caused me to protect myself from um, receiving and to, in my heart and in my mind, to have this feeling of unworthiness to receive the Lord or to receive God's love. I wasn't in a position where I was worthy to receive his love. That's a lie from the devil. Understand that that's a lie from the devil if that's you right now. So then what did I have to do with that? Well, I received a little bit of the word. I received love from other people. And together, take the mask down. Don't wear makeup. Be real. Be authentic. Be real. And be vulnerable to accept. You have to let yourself feel. Not easy, I know. It's not easy to feel. Be in a safe place to do it, but you have to be in a place where you can receive what he has and understand that you are forgiven. You, child of God, are forgiven of anything, anything from this moment back, this moment in time back. You can be forgiven. You have to ask the Heavenly Father to forgive you. You have to ask him into your heart. And once you've done that, understand that his grace washes you clean and white as snow. His word is like water that just washes you. And then his word is also like fire that burns out these things that need to go away so that you can be all that God has for you. You can live out his purpose. And as mothers, mothers, you have to get the healing you need. You have to start and get your healing in order for you to be functional. We need to work on ourselves. Let the Lord work in us, through us, so we can give to our children the love that he wants us to have and to give. So ask the Lord to cleanse you for forgiveness and to give you that heart of forgiveness for other people. I have to say, I didn't feel like forgiving those that had trespassed against me. I didn't feel like it. From my father to stepfathers to anybody that was dealing with me or had dealt with me in my childhood. I didn't really because that was my power. But you know, it's not your power. It's the devil's power over you. You are in bondage. You have chains that you need to be broke free from. And the only way that's going to happen is if you let your heart calm down a minute, listen to your head right now, choose in your brain, choose to forgive. Okay, it, you don't feel like it. It's not a feeling. It's a thought and it's a mind. It's a choice you're making in your brain, in your mind. And guess what happens? You choose first to forgive those people because you're not hurting them at all. And you don't realize that. I didn't realize that. I thought, oh, no, I'm just going to keep, you know, no way. I'm, I'm so mad. And I, I became bitter and angry. And I had to get rid of all of that. And the only way you can do that is to forgive them of their trespasses. Because when you forgive them of what they've done, you are freed from the bondage. Because the only person you're really hurting is you and those that you come in contact with. Because there's a ripple effect on every choice we make, every feeling we have, every thought we have, we have to hold it captive. And if it's not of the Lord, where is it from? If it's not from the Lord, check yourself. If it's not from the Lord, you need to change that bad story, that bad narrative that you have going in your head, those thought processes that go on nonstop in your head. You need to stop that and replace it with something God says about you. I've got a little uh, thing that you could do. It's free. 
Go to Sue Free, spelt like fries, one word dot com, and there is two buttons. One is a paid for IAMs that he, that you re- record your own voice of the IAMs so that your brain hears your voice first because it hears and it goes deeper than hearing someone else's. You could do that. It's a cost. Or you can go to the free button. I think it's on the second line, middle, maybe. I don't know. Check it out. Uh, Go there and print out. You have to have a printer attached to your computer somehow. Print out the three pages of I am's because then you can replace these bad, bad narratives. And you could say, I am victorious in Jesus name. Victory is mine. I am an ambassador to Christ. I am forgiven. There are all these I am's and it's Christ's word over your lives. Mommies, you need to get this and be empowered. You need to get the strength and the empowerment so that you can pass this on to your children. Starts with you. It's kind of in the airplane. You know, the air, air thing comes down. And what do they say? Do you put it on the child first? No. You save yourself first. You've got to take care of you. Then you take care of the baby because you don't want to lose all breath because then you're not going to be there to take care of your baby. So you need to understand that you've been put in a position to be that child's parent. And it's an honor. And it's just such an honor and a privilege to be mommy over those children. But let's get health. Let's get healthy. Let's get um, empowered by his word. This is so good. I'm hoping you're hearing this because it's so, so good. I would love to hear from each one of you. How do you do that? Go to Sue Free, spelt like fries, one word, and connect with me there. The Sue Free Show is about the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. I don't know about you. Do you want more passion? I know I do. I always want more passion. Do we know what our purpose is? Have we discovered it? Are we living in it? Don't let someone squelch that fire that's in you. If it's your purpose, then you've got to let that light shine. You've got to let the light shine. And sometimes we don't know what God's plans are, and we don't know how it's going to come to fruition. But just stay truthful and right towards that purpose that God has created. How do you know? Think about what's passionate for you, something that you would do regardless if you get paid for it or not. And that's your passion. It's something that you're good at. Those are purpose. Those are things that are guiding you towards what your purpose is on this earth. That's, that's uh, for sure. Passion, purpose, and connection. The connection is being connected to our Heavenly Father. He says, here first. And then here, second, love thy God with all thy heart and then love thy neighbor as thyself. So it's up and then it's sight and everyone is your neighbor. So you do those two things, everything kind of pans out and works out. So those are the two things that we need to do in order for that to happen. So I hope this has been helpful for you and I really want to connect. So go to the Sue Free site, connect with me, tell me what your prayers are, how this show has affected you, how the Lord has affected you through the show. Um, I would greatly appreciate that. And we will be back with more of the Sue Free show right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Hey there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. 
New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, Learning to Breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. I'm just so grateful. It's been 13 years ago that Sue Freeze Show came to fruition. Uh, Mr. Bob Hastings of KKLA and Salem Communications said, I need to have lunch with you. And I said, all right, you buy. And he said, yes. I said, I'll be there. And so we sat around this table. I'll never forget this. It's like it was yesterday. And he says, Sue, I've been thinking about this. I've been praying about it. And I just think you're supposed to have your own show. And I'm like, it's a good thing I'm sitting down already because boy, that just, what? Where did that come from? I was already advertising on the the show for like 10 years. And then he he comes up with this and he says, the Lord says, you you probably should have your own show. And I'm like, wow. I said, I'm working 16 hour days. No joke. 16 hour days already. I'm like, what am I going to talk about? What do I call it? He goes, you'll figure that out. The Lord will give it to you. You'll figure it out. Now, this last weekend I was in Nashville and I really feel called to be in Nashville. I love it there. I love the people. I love this spirit. Uh, I went there for a dance event and, you know, with with everything that's happened where I haven't been dancing for about a, two and a half years. That's a long time. I'm like, man, do I still even know how to dance and how much has the dance changed and, you know, just a lot of things. But um, I know quite a few dances. And so it was really fun that I got to experience uh, more than just one dance um, at these events that I went to. And they have dancing morning, noon, and night. And uh, boy, it was fun. And I loved it. And boy, to my feet, my toes were, were definitely barking. I said, oh my gosh, my toes are barking. It was incredible, though, to be back in those dancing shoes and to feel the connection and to feel just the music. Oh, the music. And then we're in Nashville downtown and we're walking around and we're listening to all this live music with the guitar and the singing and the accents. And oh my gosh, it just was so wonderful. Just loved it, I have to say. What I also experienced is, I don't know, those of you that travel a lot, you know, you have to be pretty flexible when you travel. You know, there's things that happen that are totally out of your control, whether it's a, uh, a late flight or a canceled flight or... Uh, 
changing of, um, you know, you're sitting there waiting and waiting, and all of a sudden, last minute, you have to listen to the announcements because, oh, now you're going to board on this in, over here instead of over here. And, boy, you got to listen or you're going to miss it. Uh, there's just so many things that happen. And then you've got people. You've got people that are maybe they're tired. Maybe they're hungry. Maybe they're just like this all the time. I don't know. And then you've got the really kind people that just are so kind and so considerate. So the show today is on considerateness. Would you say that you're on a scale from 1 to 10, you're 10, you're considerate all the time, or you're considerate 5 out of 10, or are you one of those people that are thinking about yourselves all the time and never thinking about anybody else? So here's here's just one little story. Okay. Um I've got my travel luggage. Okay, I carry on my luggage because I don't like waiting. I'm not a waiting person. I'm a maximizer. So I don't like to check my baggage. Just wasted time for me. And if I can throw it all into a suitcase and I can get it in one of those overhangs, I'm going to do that. Okay, because that's just, that's who Sue Freeze is. Okay, so that being said, I'm wheeling it in. I got a backpack on top of that and then I got a jacket and... Uh, you know, you, you walk in and my suitcase just makes it in between the two seats, you know, and down the aisle so you don't get caught. And hopefully everybody's knees are in. Okay, that's something they should be thinking about. Uh, but I'm watching to make sure I'm not hitting anybody's knees because they're in the aisle. And then we make it down and um, all the overhead bins because I'm in the C of the Southwest thing. I'm in the C if you know, if you travel Southwest, you know there's A, B, and C. And C is not what you want. You want to get in early and, and get there so you get your pick of pick of the seats, you know, window or, or aisle usually the middle seat's the least favorable seat in the house. So anyway, so I'm going, I know I'm going to get a center seat and uh, I'm worried because I'm not worried really. I just, I'm, I'm thinking, oh man, I hope I can find a space for my suitcase. And you know, when they're all taken in the front of the airplane and the seats are in the back, that's kind of frustrating. What's worse is if you got to put your suitcase in the back and your seats in the front, because then you've got to wait for everybody to unload in order for you to walk back, get your suitcase and get out. You with me? Okay. So with all that being said, I'm, I'm, I'm going, oh, dear Lord, please give me a space, you know, next to where I'm seated so I can actually not have all this inconvenience. So I go and I, I find one and there's, there's two guys and a girl sitting there and then all around there's men all around. Okay. I'm not expecting everybody to help me, but these three guys are just staring at me, watching me as I'm, I'm going along and I see that empty space. So, so I put my, my, um, backpack down I put my jacket down in the seat and then I'm getting to get my, my big suitcase, my heavy suitcase. That will fit in the overhead. And I bend down so I don't hurt my back. And I pick that thingy up, and I'm putting it over my head. And there's something blocking it, which I cannot see because it's above my, my eyesight. So the guy goes, oh, yeah, my, my computer's there. And I'm like, oh, really? And so the flight attendant is watching this whole thing going on. And I'm saying, it would have been nice for you to tell me that you had something blocking. You could see what I was doing. And it just would have been nice if you would have let me know something was there. And the flight attendant sees all this. She goes, honey, not to me, but to the guy. You know, do you think maybe you could take that out? Because that's for suitcases, not for computers. And so he was asked to move that. And I'm sure he wasn't happy with me at that moment. But anyway, so he pulled it down. And I put my suitcase in. And then I got to my seat and I sat down. And I'm thinking to myself, that was just inconsiderate. You know, and I thought, okay, I'm hungry and I'm tired. I haven't slept all night. I really didn't. And it was a 6 a.m. flight. So I was kind of tired and didn't have that happen. It's like I wasn't very nice. I just said, you know, you could have told me that. Okay. So that being said, but I'm thinking to myself, my biggest pet peeve, one of my biggest, there's two of them for me, in case you don't know, one is wasting time. You know, I have a lot of employees and I tell them, look, don't be standing around on the clock. I just don't want you standing around. You look like you're busy, but empty trashes, do something. Just just do something. Don't stand around on the clock. 
And the second one, kind of in the same note, is, you know, if you see trash that needs emptied or if you see something's going on, you know, don't wait for somebody else to do that. Just look for the opportunity to serve. Look for the opportunity to be of help. And so that those are the two things. And inconsiderate, being inconsiderate, like not holding a door or there's a lady that has a wheelchair and maybe she's stuck right now and she can't, you know, you don't, I, I've been in a wheelchair and I know what it feels like to be in a wheelchair. So, so maybe that's advantageous for me because now I understand what it's like to be at that level. And, uh, you know, sometimes people don't see you or they'll hit your foot or something, or maybe uh, things are just difficult. You can't open the door and use both hands to wheel the wheels. It's just something that I know now because I've been there and maybe people are inconsiderate, but maybe they just lack of knowledge. Okay, I'll give them that. But maybe we just need to be a little more aware of what's going on around us and how can we, Lord Jesus, show me how I can help. Show me how I can be of service to these people that are around me. I just want that, and I just wish and hope and pray that other people are like that too. It's like if you get into a subway or something and you see somebody that's got crutches, but you sit in your seat while this person's on one leg. Okay, I've been on crutches. I know what it feels like to have one leg holding up all your weight for a long period of time. I used to stand in church. I used to do a lot of things um, where I had to stand on one leg because my other leg was injured. I know what it feels like to do that. And it's not easy. But, you know, if you see somebody that's on one foot, I mean, think about it. Just think about it. Okay. Let's just be more aware of what's going on around us and how we can be of help. And it frustrates me to be, to have people around me that are inconsiderate, even family members, you know, sorry if you're listening family, but you know, I'm not going to bring up anybody's name or anything. It's just, I just feel like sometimes people are, are not really considerate. And I never want to be that person. And, you know, there might be an oversight on my part of, of not being considered. I think that I'm very verbal. I think I communicate saying, for instance, uh, recently I was in a situation where I really didn't know what I was going to do in a situation. I did not know which way to go. Um, I was doing research. I had friends that were helping me in this research. And I was evaluating and trying to figure out what's the best way for me to go. And in that process, I let people know, I'm not sure what I'm doing right now. I'm waiting on the Lord. I want the Lord to guide me. And, you know, sometimes the Lord doesn't speak loudly. You know that, right? But what he does is he brings people into your realm. He brings people around you. And it's up to you to be careful and wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove, to listen carefully to what's being said so that you can be aware and have the Holy Spirit kind of guide you. You know, is your gut telling you one thing? What's happening inside? Where are we going with this? Okay, so we always have to be doing that. We don't have to, but it's a good idea. Anyway, so there's 25 Bible verses uh, about being considerate. I didn't even realize that these uh, were here, but, you know, it says consider. Okay, would consider being considerate? I would say so. Consider, right? We have to consider. So here's here's a couple of scriptures for you to lean on uh, on this point. And ask yourself that question, okay? From 1 to 10, where would you say you are? And ask the Lord to reveal to you, search me and know me, O God, right? Psalm 139. Search me and know me, O God. If there's any evil way, if there's anything that I could do better, or if there's something I need to stop doing completely, pluck it out of me. Reveal it to me, Lord. Reveal it to me. It's one of my favorite scriptures because I want that. I want him to reveal to me what needs to go. And we need to replace it with the good, right? The I am's, the things that God says about us and to us. We need to replace the bad voices in our head the bad messages. We need to replace that with something good. 
Don't, re- don't just take something out because something will come back and we don't want worse. We want better. At least I do. I don't know. Do you? That's a decision you need to make for yourself. So here we go. These are Bible verses about being considerate. NIV version, New International Version. Philippians 2, 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Isn't that good advice? I think it's great advice. Do we always do that? Or are we selfish? What would others say about you? Maybe you could ask them. Would you say that I'm selfish or am I considerate? Good question to ask. Titus 3.2, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility toward all men. Are you showing humility towards all men? Does humility, when you show humility, is that a sign of weakness? No, it's a sign of strength. There are people that think that when they are vulnerable and they're, they're showing humility, that it shows weakness. It doesn't. It actually is quite the opposite. 1 Corinthians 10.24, nobody should seek his own good, but the good of others. Where are you on that? Do a checkpoint of yourself, okay? Do an assessment. Inventory yourself. Where are you on these things? Because it's really good for us to know where we are. Because if we know where we are, then we can know if we're improving or not. So it's really good. It's like a map. You know, you are here. And then you want to know where your destination is. And hopefully it's better than where you are. It's really a good point to know where you are. And you can ask those closest to you that are going to tell you the truth. Not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And you're asking the question, okay? Sometimes you don't give advice unless it's asked for. Other times, maybe out of love, we do need to speak up. There was that conversation about a a woman's dress over the weekend where we were talking about a woman's dress over the weekend saying, you know, maybe that's not the right outfit for what she's trying to accomplish. Then the question is, do we tell her or wait for her to ask? Maybe she won't ever ask. So the question is, do we speak truth into her or do we just let her keep going? Maybe she's happy with what she's doing. Maybe she feels totally comfortable, but maybe she just doesn't know how that presentation is affecting her and others around her. Maybe. I don't know. It's a tough one because we have to be very sensitive to people's feelings, don't we? So it's good to ask the question and to ask yourself, hmm, okay, so what would you do? If I mean, what would you do in that situation? And maybe you've had that situation already. Be interested to hear from you. Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, when we're.com. Go there and let's connect, okay? Um, all right, so Colossians 3.13 Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. First of all, do you understand the Lord has forgiven you? Do you understand that he has grace and his grace is sufficient for you? If you understand that the Lord has forgiven you, don't hold on to stuff because he's not. He wants you to ask for it, though, because he wants you to ask for it, but he will give it. He will give you forgiveness. But he really wants us to recognize where we are so that he can show us where we need to go or where where we're going to go. Okay? It's really a good thing to do. James 3.17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Then peace, loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. The wisdom that comes from heaven. Ooh, I love that. 
Matthew. Okay, now this is a long one, I think, if I remember right. It's kind of long, but I'm going to read it, okay? So I'm going to take a breath in between so you can kind of take it in and digest what's being said here. Are you ready? Matthew 26, 36, 46. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch from with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Think about that for a minute. That's pretty, pretty amazing. He's told them and he knows who he is. They, they know who he is. And he's saying, just stay awake, would you? And they couldn't because the body is weak. How many times we know what to do, but sometimes we know what to do in the spirit and our spirit is willing. But how many times do we know that but yet we still become weak? It's just too much. Romans 2.8, but for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. Oof. I mean, that's pretty clear, isn't it? Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, I love this verse. Are you ready? You know, if you're wondering where to put your heart and where to put your thinking and where to measure uh, where a person is and where you are, here it is. Are you ready? Finally, brothers or sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So if we're thinking about anything other than those types of things, then maybe that's where where unthankfulness comes in. Or maybe we're still unforgiving. And maybe we need to get that cleared up. Maybe we need to make that mental choice to forgive in our heads first. Our heart will follow. But it starts in the head. And the only one that's imprisoned is you. So the unforgiveness thing is a huge milestone to your future in feeling the joy and the worthiness that only he can provide. And I want that for all of you because, believe me, I didn't have it for a very long time. And it took many, many years. And do you know that you, you know, your book is a novel and that you're the script writer? And if you don't like the way your chapters are flowing, if you don't like the story that you're in, you have the ability And hopefully you're choosing the Lord to guide those steps. But you have the ability to change your story. You're the script writer. You're writing your script by the choices you make every minute of every day. How's your story going? Okay, what chapter are you on? I'm I'm in the 60s. 
And I can say that I love my life, both good and bad. The things that have happened to me have been so good, even in the bad times, the circumstances that were bad, I take as good now. Why? Because they have created who I am today. And if it wasn't for those things, I might not even be the one talking right now. And the Lord using me to give you this encouragement and inspiration, I'm hoping that's what you're getting. And maybe you're getting a little knock on the door saying, boy, I got some work to do. And that's okay, too. I'm so glad that God's not done with me yet. How about you? I'm so thankful that he's not done with me, that this life is a journey. It's not over till it's over. And as long as we have breath, we have hope. Isn't that beautiful? So if you're breathing, you have the ability to choose the story that you want to have said about you. What does that story look like? Okay, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Even right there, if you've listened to all those things, do you have a check mark on the one that you need to work on? Because sometimes it's not all. It could be just one. And, you know, we have to start somewhere, don't we? Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Where is the truth? I find sometimes that that's where I begin, because sometimes I'm not sure what's going on. So I have to base things on truth, not on, you know, something somebody else said. I have to base it on truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. Where perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man or a woman, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is what? Love. Love conquers all. It really does. People are mean to you. It says turn the other cheek and turn the other cheek and turn the other cheek. We have to love. Love one another. Love thy God, love thy neighbor as thyself. And all these things shall be added to you. I love that. Ephesians 5, 133. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love. 
Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, but among you there must not be even a hint of sexual morality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral impure or greedy person, such a man, is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. It goes on and on and on. It's so good. The word of God is so true yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And we really, if you want to really understand who God is and who you are, you need to be in his word. That will help you a lot. So be a blessing to someone each and every day. Be a servant. Show God's love. And uh, just do your best to be there for other people and be considerate. God bless you. Until next week. Bye-bye. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.